Hi, and welcome to BoobTube, the podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. I'm Sarah Whitus. And I'm Amanda Toysher, and I went to Sundance. Yeah, you're so fancy. Just, I'm just diving right in. Tell, I went to the Sundance you're so excited to brag to. <laughs> um, yes. yes, I've been bragging at work. I've been bragging to all my friends in D.C. I was bragging to my family, and I have not had time to uh, broadcast my boasts. So. Did you uh, did you acquire any films for distribution? Um, I did. I did, I did not. <laughs> gonna be, um, no. I put in some offers, but uh, they weren't taken <laughs> they seriously. Did, they didn't. They were not accepting uh, <laughs> like Venmo of forty five dollars and like. <laughs> and I would love to buy you a horror industry. movie. I will buy you a beer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is actually incredibly hard to do in Utah. And what, uh, and then what emoji, you know, do you use for like the Venmo transaction for buying someone's movie and Um, distributing it? So I think like vampire and then film reel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, Yeah. So who did you see there? (coughs) Excuse me. I saw. Well, I saw um, uh, Zach Woods. That's a pretty. Oh, we're gonna talk about him. Yeah, we're gonna talk about him. He walked right by us. and our friend Tess actually said, I love you. And he said, Haha, I love you too. Anyway, so that was wonderful. <laughs> That's kind of him. I would be freaked out. <laughs> yeah. And he seemed genuinely like tickled by it. He thought it was funny mm-hmm. because, yeah. you know. And then Amy got a photo of him, um, which is hilariously close because she was trying to not let him see that she was taking a photo of him. Um, so it's this, very like, chill. It's this very awkward photo it's wonderful you should ask her for it um (laughs) then let's see we saw um christopher abbott who he was um yosarian in catch 22 i'm thinking of just like tv people Um, yeah zach woods was there because he was there with we saw julia louis dreyfus and will ferrell oh that's a good one oh and jim oh they have a movie because they were all there for the new force majeure Um, yes yeah, so, but that was, Jim Rash also walked by us. That's another TV person. who's the Dean Jim Rash the community. Is, yeah, oh my God, yeah, that's right. he's apparently the director. That's a good one for you to see. Yeah. Oh, he directed it. I think Interesting. so. Or he's, yeah, he's directing that or the, that, yeah, I think so. Um, and then also a guy from Game of Thrones. He's just, in my mind, the Game of Thrones guy because he's Norwegian and his name is impossible to pronounce. Um See, other TV people saw, um, um, oh, saw Harriet uh, Walter, who is, she was in an episode of Killing Eve, and she is, oh, she's the mother on Succession. Oh my god, oh, the stepmom? Or the actual the, British mom? The British mom. Like, oh, Car- Caroline okay. Collingwood or whatever, I don't know. Yes. Um, yeah, she's good one. She's fun. Um, let's see. I can't. Oh, and I saw one of the actor who was a kid on The Wire in like the later season. I have no idea his name. One of right the kids. Now. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Or his because I only watched the first two seasons of The Wire. Um, and it was. Wow, a later I didn't know season, that, apparently. and I'm gonna have to hold it over you. Okay. Yeah, but he sat he sat next to us at the bar for a while, so that was exciting. Tess recognized him. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I now I want to know which one it yeah. is. Oh, and, and uh, tell Cash. us why you were there. Oh, cool. I saw Aya Cash. Cash is a, yes, Aya Cash is a good one. Yeah, from you're she the was worst. in a movie that I saw. 
Um, we were there because um, our friend Tess, uh, her mom and her stepfather um, produced and co-directed, respectively, um, a documentary that was premiering at Sundance called Crip Camp. Um, and it's about the disability rights movement and this camp for disabled teenagers is run by hippies in the 60s and 70s that basically a lot of kids from it became active in the disability rights uh, movement. And it's a very moving and wonderful film. Um, and it was the opening night documentary. It was the very first movie to premiere at the festival and Robert Redford was there and everything. So That's extremely cool. Oh, and the, the Obamas are executive producers on it. Um, as part of their uh, higher ground uh, working with Netflix. So it'll be on Netflix in, um, I think, uh, like this spring, soon. So everyone should watch That's it. It's wonderful. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. I'm pretty jealous. You I'm know, I'm just jealous. like, I'm just, you know, a movie star. Tess, Tess You're just hobnobbing with the stars. Yeah, yeah. Tess got into the Netflix party that Amy and I didn't, and Tess, uh, apparently pushed past taylor swift so she could touch tony collette so oh um, understandable yeah so she was like i love you tony Same. anyway yeah. <laughs> and then she was like i love you too yeah i love you too <laughs> ah, i love you too anyway um so yeah thank you for letting me brag i appreciate it that's pretty cool um, no it's worth it also yeah. just want to give a quick shout out to our friend brian who had a very important question after watching The Witcher, which was, there's mm-hmm. a guy in it that's like a doppelganger kind of person. He can shapeshift into, after he kills someone, he can look like them. And apparently he can shapeshift everything. He takes like their clothes, their enti- all their thoughts and memories, their outfits and their entire body, except for their scarf. He just didn't take the scarf. And Brian was confused by that. And I was like, if that's the only <laughs> question you have from watching The, the Witcher, then you're the doing Witcher. very well. <laughs> are we supposed to answer this question for him Um, or well he tweeted it at me and i still don't have an answer um Hmm. but just want to say i appreciate his engagement (laughs) yeah in the witcher um and in your interest in the witcher yeah exactly or lack of interest (laughs) or lack well yeah Yeah. now now i don't even know how i feel about it um all right well let's should we talk about tv I guess. Is that why I we're suppose here? We, I suppose that is why we're here. Okay. It's been uh, a couple of weeks since we since we last talked. Um, watched some things. Um, okay, so one thing that I watched was the second season of Shrill. Um, which doesn't I doesn't thought take about it time. and I didn't I didn't watch it. So I'm curious what you thought about it because I had mixed feelings yeah. at the end of the first season. Yeah, I liked the first season. I liked it a lot. Um, and even though definitely kind of uneven um, and I was hoping it would kind of work out a lot of its kinks in the second season. I think that the second season was maybe more consistent in its quality but unfortunately Mm -hmm. like i don't feel it didn't have any of the highs of the first season like i think it was probably more consistent but not consistently great (laughs) i think i was a little disappointed by it um i just feel like 
I, I did think by the end of the first season it had gathered a lot of momentum um, and, and it ends with, if you recall, this kind of like big scene where, you know, she's been tormented by this troll for the last few episodes. Beck um, Bennett. Which, of course, yes, the uh, the troll is Beck Bennett. Yep. I mean, Beck Bennett playing the troll. Yes, not, playing the troll. He's not yes. himself being the troll. <laughs> yes, no, he is the actor. Um, and, you know, just something that happened to... Lindy West uh, in real life um, in that she talks about in the book Shrill. And then, you know, she kind of confronts him and and fucks up his car and runs away. And then we pick up right with that moment um, of her running away and running all the way to her boyfriend, uh, Ryan's house. Um, and she's like on this like high and they um, decide they need to like get out of town briefly because what if he like comes after her or whatever. And, um so it kind of picks up with like that same momentum, but I just felt like almost immediately it loses it. And we never hear about the troll again, actually, um, which huh. I thought was a little odd for there to be like no kind of emotional fallout from that whole experience. Um, and <clears throat> I mean, she... I mean, I think that there's like either you can I think you can look at this season in, in one of two ways, because I had a couple of people tell me that they really enjoyed it. And I think people kind of I, I wound up feeling like it's not Annie's not doesn't didn't make a lot of forward kind of <clears throat> progress, you know, in her quest to build up more confidence and self-esteem. I didn't feel like she made a ton of progress in this season. She stays with Ryan. Ugh. Um, for... He's such a child though. Yeah. And I mean, he's more, there's an effort to, you know, he's making more of an effort in this season because he realizes how much he cares about her yeah. and he doesn't want to lose her. Um, but the problem is that like, he's still, yeah, he's still a childish dumbass you know like even though he you can care about someone deeply and still be a childish dumbass (laughs) you know who's like not (laughs) a functioning member of a relationship you know and so yeah like it's it gets frustrating to watch just like it is in the first season it's frustrating to see her kind of conforming herself to what she thinks he wants um and she also has this triumphant moment um at the end of last season where she quits her job but I think that was never gonna that was never gonna stick because a lot of the um, funnier kind of more memorable characters from the show that they've developed are in the workplace setting. <laughs> so you kind of need a reason to right. keep going back, back to yeah. yeah to John Cameron Mitchell um, and Patty Harrison, who I know Patty Harrison is funny. She plays the assistant Ruthie, um, and I know people really love her. She kind of her whole thing in the first season was just being like really weird and having all these non sequiturs and um, that, that just continues in the second season. And I just feel like, I think that she's really funny. She's in, you know, I think you should leave and stuff like that. I think that she's really funny, but I just think that this is like, this character is trying too hard. I don't know. It doesn't, it's Do you think like, she's overused. They, I, to me, they think that they're, yeah, that they're, that, that the character is a lot funnier to, that than she actually is. I feel that I way think. about Sister Michael and um, uh, 
uh, Dairy Girls. Like she's hysterical, yeah. but they you, they do it too often that the joke becomes it wears out. itself out. Yeah, yeah, it wears itself out. That's kind of how I feel. I feel like Ruthie could be. I think that Ruthie was used more sparingly in the first season. And I think like there's a whole episode about like her birthday party. I mean, so it's not that she's not ever funny. It's funny, but it's like, yeah, it's just they go to that well so often. Yeah. And the character is supposed to be so weird that it just, ugh, I don't know. But so, you know, she goes back to the job. That to me was like a little disappointing also. And um. You know, but I think the other way you can look at this is this is this is right. No time is supposed to have passed since the end of the last season. This is just picking up right where it left off. And obviously in someone's quest to evolve, you know, and gain more confidence and, you know, like it's it's not going to happen overnight, clearly. Like it's not going to happen. <laughs> this is like a process that takes a lot of people years you know to work through issues that they've been dealing with their entire life of course you know but that doesn't mean that it's super compelling tv (laughs) to just kind of watch her not really you know like not i i want lindy west is such kind of like a funny sharp caustic voice and ad bryant while i love her She's much more mild-mannered. Like, yes, and much... Yeah. That was my my problem with the first season, which is why I wasn't interested in watching the second. It was like, I love A.D. Bryant, and I thought it was well-written, but it was so... I found most of the time I was in a position of feeling bad for her instead of, like, not being, like, indignant on her behalf. Like, you you were, right? Because there are moments, it's not like I, you know, like, you're like, this is not how you treat her. Yeah, people. and it's not that you don't ever identify with her, because right, you do. Right, yeah. exactly. It was mostly just, like, it was just this constant, like, the plot was just people beating up on her. Right. Um, and it was things happening to her. And that's why mm-hmm. that last Without episode a lot of her was, own like, agency, yeah. yeah, it was really fun that she did <coughs> that, but... Um, I just, I found the whole season to be kind of, like, emotionally taxing in a way that Mm -hmm. I didn't find um, to be, like, uh, not beneficial or um, rewarding. I didn't find it to be the good kind of emotional investment. It was mostly just, like, oh, gosh, I'm glad that episode is over, so. And see, and, like, and then in this episode, I mean, in this season, I don't feel like I'm making... Yeah, I just don't feel like I have a lot of stake in Annie and her problems, I think. Like, it doesn't, I didn't, it actually didn't, where like I was saying, it, where it's maybe more consistent, I don't think it has the, the highs of the first season, like the pool party and and the moments that she has yeah. of, there are some, like, really, I think, affecting moments of, like, self-realization kind of in the first season. And I don't think that this season has as much of that so there isn't as much to emotionally connect to for me either and i mean so what i thought was interesting is that you know her weight annie's weight is not a factor in this season it's really like barely mentioned at all which i think is fine because we spent a lot of time exploring that and its impact on Mm -hmm. um you know her confidence uh her kind of like trying to accept herself as like a fat person like 
um, we spent a lot of time on them in the first bit. And, like, I don't want, I want there to be more to Annie. Obviously, like, that's, she's way more than, than just, like, her weight, obviously. And so I think that's, I thought that was good, but, you know, I just, she didn't make a lot of, I just, I felt like also a lot of things with her writing and journalism, like, she should have kind of, she's, like, a very smart, um, you know, engaged feminist and, like, I just felt like there was a lot of things that she should have been, I don't know, more aware. There's a great, and I think probably the best episode, she goes to this conference um, that Vanessa Beyer is playing this, like, uh, is playing this, like, mogul, like, this, like, white feminist mogul, kind of, and she's having, she has her own conference called Women Are Having a Moment, and she goes, and, like, somehow Annie is, like, just discovering, I think it's it's a really good, it's really funny, I mean, she goes and, like, and and of course it's like mostly white women it's like there's just like selling there's like vendors there that are selling $200 vibrators and like marketing it as as you know enlightened or whatever and it's kind of like Annie's learning about marketplace feminism and I'm like mm, this, <laughs> wouldn't she like I'm like she should already know a lot you know I don't right, know right, right, and right. she's actually and she's kind of trying to write this article um, which this could have been interesting where she's like trying to write this article about how um, expensive the conference is. And she wants to um, ask, you know, <laughs> Vanessa Byers character, this mogul about, you know, like, aren't are you guys, you know, they say that they're, they're providing scholarships for low income women to come, but like, there's like one. Then it turns out they like offered one person a scholarship and she couldn't come. So there's actually like no one there. And she's like, so Annie's like, uh this is bullshit but then it doesn't go anywhere i don't i don't know i i i mean yeah i just didn't think that there was a lot to this season aside from um her best friend fran uh played by lolly Adafope, um who was so good in the first season and i was hoping that she would have more to do in the second season because she's really funny she kind of almost is the like lindy west-ish voice yeah that i'm missing in this show because she has such a singular i feel like she's a really singular interesting funny character and we still don't see that much of her in this season although she does get one episode that's kind of her episode um where annie is sidelined kind of completely where they go to a wedding um with friends family but um she's so good and honestly every scene that she was in i was just kind of thinking i wish this show was about fran um yeah i don't know yeah she's kind of more of the lindy west voice that i'm in you know shrill the subtitle of shrill is notes from a loud woman and you just don't have that yeah annie's not loud yeah, you just don't have that with this character. And I, I I, don't know. I think I would still watch a third season because I do enjoy being in the world of this show, but it's not... I really, when I watched it, I was like, oh, I don't really have anything else to watch right now. I guess I'll watch... I guess I'll watch Shrill. And then I watched... I mean, it's only like six 25-minute episodes or something, so I watched the whole thing rather quickly. But um, I don't know. I'm... I, it just uh, fell kind of flat for me. It's mm-hmm. a little disappointing because I really had really high hopes for um, for everything about this show. High but maybe hopes. Don't make me. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't do it. We're going to have to do the Pete dance now that you've. 
Well, no, you've said our, it out loud. Yeah. Well, our, <laughs> our dear leader will make us all do the high hope stance. Um, anyway, <laughs> President uh, Pete. You know what? That's um, fine. I'm fine. That's fine. I'll do. <laughs> no, the, we're not gonna. I'll do. I'll do the high hope stance. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <sighs> so that's that. Um, what about you? What have you been watching? Um, well, so I. It's the return of. I need like a theme song for this. Um, trash talking with Amanda. Yeah, we got to come about, up with like shows that i can't like recommend as anything other than good trash so we need to have like a clip of like like oscar um, oh yeah that's what i was thinking it's like oscar the grouch or something like yeah um even though- <laughs> anyway well I, I have a new addition to the the trash corner um yeah it is called people might remember that it's called Heart of Dixie. It was a CW show from like 2011 to 2015. I actually do think I remember this. It is delightful. It is not pretending to be more than it is. It is, but it's, I I don't even, I can't say why I watched it. I honestly don't know. Um, Did it just come up like when you were I think it was because my roommates Hulu? had recommended it or they had not even recommended it, had just like, mentioned having liked it and then it came up on netflix and i just pressed play um and i liked it but it's i i'm not sure what made me decide i'll give this a chance because i in my mind had thought it was like one of those cw shows like one tree hill or or that it was like the oc um which is because it stars rachel bilson who was in the oc before she did this show and I hated the OC, and I had—I genuinely don't like shows like One Tree Hill. That is not my jam. Um, and so I thought it was that level. You don't like works of genius? Okay. Did you like That's One fine. Tree Hill? <laughs> I mean, I didn't like One Tree Hill. It's a bad show, but it is like it's one of it's it is one of those shows that's impressively terrible. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't like that stuff. Mostly because yeah. I also really just don't like shows about teenagers. I just yeah. even when I was a teenager, I was like even thirty-five year old all teenagers. annoying. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch this because it's about a doctor. The whole premise is that Rachel Bilson plays this doctor who, before she can get this really prestigious uh, surgery uh, fellowship, they have to. They're like, you have to be a GP for like a year. So she gets this job in this tiny town um in southern alabama anyway and she goes there and it is just delightful it's basically like gilmore girls because it's a small town sort of thing very similar to stars hollow um Hmm. the overriding long-term plots that you know span a season are always based on heterosexual romantic relationships like Mm -hmm. that is that is its driving force for the four seasons i think um but the individual episodes have like really hilarious plots just that, that remind me a lot of Gilmore Girls where, you know, just like, oh, we have the our, our founder's day, but the our neighboring town, um, our, our arch rivals are trying to sabotage it and ruin our fireworks and, you know, shit like that. Anyway, it's delightful <laughs> and it's wonderful because they don't play it. It's the South, but it's basically like an idyllic version and they're, they're not playing... They don't mention anything about, you know, being proud of Southern heritage. It's, it's nice. There are no Confederate flags hanging. No, no. You know, on every, you know. And everyone has like a thick Alabama accent, but 
the the main guy, her main love interest, who's super hot, um, has like an American flag. It's there's no Confederate flags anywhere in the show. Um, Remind me to bring this up when we talk about The Outsider, which is set in Georgia, and no one has a Southern accent. <laughs> which I find. I mean, I not that it's like South South, but I mean, anyway, something if it's that rural South, me. they should have more of an accent. Than they yeah, do. I guess this is more like like suburban. it's not like it's Atlanta. Yeah, so this you is know? like straight up this, and this, this is, is taking like Gulf place Shores, in like, Alabama. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, I mean, and they're all fake accents. It's 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 a very silly show, but is Rachel look- Bilson funny? She is. She's That's interesting. charming. I wouldn't I was, have thought. I would not have either. But she hmm. has good delivery. She plays kind of like a wacky character at times, and she's good at it. Anyway, mm-hmm. she's very charming. It's fun. So, and to be clear, this show has been over for like seven years. For like seven years. It definitely um, <laughs> yeah. feels like it's pre-Trump. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, <coughs> the show would have been a little more complicated to make now, I think. <coughs> but I really enjoy it. So if you want something kind of mindless that you can like do work while you're watching or mm-hmm. even like read a book at the same time, you know, like, I don't know. That's, That's nice. impressive. I don't know how you would do that oh I, I i used to do that all the time reading a book while watching something when i yeah mostly because i'd be mostly reading the book obviously and every right. now and then i'd look up it basically like background noise the same way people mm-hmm. have a tv on while they're working you know yeah yeah but i would yeah. always have a book while my family was watching tv so i'd be kind of half watching this is an okay mm-hmm. show to half watch but there's mm-hmm. some funny jokes that you don't want to miss Anyway. Maybe even you maybe even quarter watch and then you yeah, still get the Yeah, that gist. gets my like gold trash stamp. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gold uh, Amanda's golden trash can stamp of approval. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, I'm not going to talk about trash that's bad, like actual no. trash. It's things right. that the the point of the trash corner is that it like stuff that seems like trash and is definitely not trying to be anything that much better than trash, but it's actually good. Mm-hmm. So that's the latest entry, um, along with Blood and Treasure. What I don't even remember what it was called. <laughs> was that what it was uh, called? Uh, it was called. Blood if and Treasure. you can't remember, how am I gonna remember? <laughs> oh, that's a good point. You, you didn't secretly watch it. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Nor will I with Heart of Dixie, but I am glad. Of course, you're not. I actually debated even mentioning it, and then I was just like, you know what? No. There might be someone <laughs> this is out a there safe, this is a that's safe like, space. all Amanda and Sarah talk about are yeah. shows that are good. And I kind of don't want to watch a good thing right now. I don't mm-hmm. have this. And you don't. Here. I'm here for you. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But I guess we can move on to things that are not that. Golden um, trash can. I guess. End, the big, end trash talk. Yeah. And, End and of track. Tra- the lid is on the, the golden trash can. Um, <laughs> We've stuffed Amanda back inside the trash can. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to stay outside of it, but yeah. um, she will emerge with another recommendation. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see what the next one is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I uh, definitely need some more highbrow stuff for, for a while, though. Um, well, you know, speaking of highbrow, HBO. HBO. Home box we, office. Yeah. Should we talk office. about um, The Outsider? Yeah, well, I was going to oh, say... Oh, wait, no, we have another thing before. Yeah, first, I mean, we 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 watched um, we watched a little bit of the new show. We talked 
about a uh, was going to be a, a a watching for yeah. both of us. Um, I've still only seen the pilot episode, but you've seen a couple. I saw of the Avenue first five. Two. Avenue yeah. five. Yeah, Avenue Five. Um, so I mean, I think a really like interesting premise for a show, um, and it's from uh, Armando Iannucci. Um, who is the brains behind Veep before he left the show after the, uh, like, fourth season and it was taken over by um, a different showrunner for the last couple of seasons. Um, But, so, Avenue 5, I mean, basically takes place on, like, a, a, like, cruise ship of of space. (laughs) I think is kind of, like, what it's supposed to be, (laughs) right? Simply put, yeah. Um, yeah, it takes place in the future. Yeah, it, we're in the future at some point uh, when people can just take, like, you know, cruises around uh, the solar system, basically. And you're on, like, a very fancy ship. Um, and so the ship is, the ship's captain is uh, played by Hugh Laurie. Oh, um, and he's, you know, being his, like, very uh dashing self um and people everyone on the ship really respects him and he's also supposed to be like doubly respected because there was like an incident on another um, avenue so this, three <laughs> yes yeah, so the and the and the avenue the show's called avenue five because right the ship is called avenue five and right and so there was like an incident like with a fire or something on on a, on avenue three and everyone thinks that he saved um kind of he sort of saved the ship and so then basically uh what happens in the pilot episode um they have like another incident what happens it's like the well the gravity like moves suddenly to the other side of the ship so everyone just kind of falls they're all in this one giant room doing yoga and he's giving an announcement (laughs) and everyone just falls to the other side and in the process of this happening and the one engineer resetting the gravity so that it's right side up, basically, the engineer outside doing a spacewalk, he's fixing things outside the ship, accidentally gets stabbed by his own screwdriver and dies. And um, hilarity ensues. I don't want to spoil anything, but that's a problem that this engineer has died. Um, yeah. And basically, we're kind of looking to Hugh Laurie's character to be kind of the savior again and I think it's pretty funny. We kind of get, he kind of gets the, we, we learn he's not exactly who he, um, who everyone thinks. And they might be in space, stuck in space for a while. They might be stuck in space for a while. And that's where we have a TV show. Um, also, Josh Gad is like the CEO of. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed by that. Yeah. So Josh Gad is in the show. He's like runs um the avenue i mean he's like what you know he he's like he's judge. The, yeah he's and he is like the ceo of the cruise ship company but he's um, like and a he's a real idiot asshole. son basically <clears throat> yeah like it's clear, like i don't know what it is but it's like he got he inherited this company or something yeah and he's an idiot um josh gad annoys me he does kind in of, general he does have some good lines but 
he does kind of annoy me, but I don't know if I, he annoys me just because of what we know about him always tweeting about celebrities that have recently passed with a picture of himself with the celebrity. <laughs> I don't know if that's why we find him so, like, instinctively we find him annoying. But I think I find him annoying anyway. And if you don't know what Amanda's talking about, you can check out Josh Gad's Twitter. He's well known on Twitter <laughs> for being like a weirdo who has to comment every time a celebrity. I actually wonder if he said anything about Kirk Douglas this week, because of course everyone's like, you know, (laughs) like, no, we've canceled Kirk Douglas a million years ago, you know, for uh, being a piece of shit who probably raped Natalie Wood. Um, But I'm curious if there's like a picture of Josh Gad with like 102 year old Kirk (laughs) Douglas or something. And it's like, RIP Kirk Douglas. Um, Yeah. Josh Gad is like, weirdly always like the first person to performatively mourn a dead celebrity which uh (laughs) is super weird um there's also uh your new best friend um you're gonna hang out with soon yeah zach woods yeah um who's like the activities director or something of the ship yeah or like the concierge or yeah he's like some sort of he's tasked with like dealing with the 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 um you know the masses the people uh he's like something where he handles like you know client experience or something like that um and i mean okay so i I thought i was like a little you know i was a little underwhelmed by the first episode but it was the first episode so that's not anything to by which to judge a tv show how did you feel i kind of felt underwhelmed as well and i decided that I think what I'm going to do is wait for a few more to come out because I think and then I watch them together. It felt like they just ramped things up really quickly, and you didn't have a time to understand what the humor was going to be about and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if it's better if you can watch a few in a row and you mm-hmm. get to the point where you know the characters because I don't know if Veep was this way, but Veep got better the more you learned about these characters, and they all were constantly just acting like themselves. You know? That's true. Although I think if I recall with Veep, I mean, yeah, Veep also, I think just you're like in the midst of things basically when Veep right. starts. So there like isn't this, a lot of acclimation. Maybe that's just what this is doing too and it'll get, you'll get really used to it because um, every yeah. character has a very distinct personality already. But once that's you true. become familiar and I with mean, it, it'll be funnier. That's true. I mean, I think that you, right, the, the characters on Veep were so memorable and the tone of the show is also so yeah um abrasive and distinctive that i think it you know really um you know it 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 uh was distinctive like from the very beginning you know it really set itself apart which avenue five feels a little more conventional um to me from the first episode but I'd be curious to know where it goes. I think waiting until there are a couple of them um, to watch together might be the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Because I would definitely give it a few more shots. But if it's still not cracking me up by the third or fourth episode, I probably. Yeah. 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 But I want good things for everyone. Um, except for possibly. Except for Josh Gad. Josh Gad. Um, <laughs> what, if he listen- what if he's one of our only non-friend listeners? We have to, we should put him in the hashtag for the episode so that if he does search himself <laughs> just randomly on SoundCloud sometimes, um, <laughs> it seems like he might do up. that. 
Yeah, we're going to hashtag Josh Gad with this one. Um, I can see that. Um, so I think the other thing that we definitely need to talk about uh, this week is the finale of The Good Place. I can't believe it's over. I know. What did you think? I thought the ending was really good. I was quite moved by it. Um, As was I. Yeah. Especially I mean, when Chidi's talking about the... Was it Buddhist? I think it was Buddhist. I was never good at being sad. Partly because my mom straight up told me not to be. But this is sad, man. You got a John Locke quote or piece of Kantian wisdom you can throw at me? Those guys were more focused on rules and regulations. For spiritual stuff, you gotta turn to the East. I'll take anything you got. Hit me. Picture a wave in the ocean. You can see it, measure it, its height, the way the sunlight refracts when it passes through. And it's there, and you can see it, you know what it is, it's a wave. And then it crashes on the shore, and it's gone. But the water is still there. The wave was just a a different wave of the water to be for a little while. That's one conception of death for a Buddhist. The wave returns to the ocean. Where it came from. And where it's supposed to be. Not bad, Buddhists. Not bad. (laughs) None of this is bad. Right, the person's kind of, they live on through, you know, they live on through other people, um, even after they're gone. I mean, I think that, you know, the last season of The Good Place, to me, spent a lot of time kind of spinning its wheels. Um, The whole first half of the season with, like, you know, I think these characters, like Simone and and the... um, the asshole uh, whose name I'm blanking on. Um, But, you know, where we're kind of like trying to test out, we're trying to prove that these, um, that people can, can change uh, and go to the good. I mean, I just feel like we spent a lot of time with those characters in the first half of the season and then they wind up being like totally inconsequential. Yeah. I thought it was weird how they, something that I feel like the show did a lot especially these two seasons um, and a little bit in the second was it was like they were racing for the finish line. Like at some point they realized they knew how this all would end and they were just so excited to get there. Um, Yeah. And you don't have that in the first season because it's there's so much plot to kind of. Right. And they knew that, okay, well, what we're going to do is we're leading. We know how this, this season will end. We know that this is going to be a twist and they didn't, so then the rest of the show became leading up to this conclusion, I felt like. And 
what made the first season so brilliant was it gave you time to sit in what you thought was real and the reality, you know? Yeah. Um, and then that that's why the twist was amazing, but you got so invested in all these daily struggles they had. And then everything after that was just such a mile a minute, like, okay, now moving on to the next thing. And the jokes were good and the acting was good, but... Um, yeah, and I think one example, like you said, is um, I I forget the characters' names now too. But you you they're major characters, and then they're just basically allude. They they make a brief appearance in the last episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Simone has an actual two lines or something like that. But yeah, the, yeah. I mean, and the gossip writer, he's <laughs> yeah. He comes in very quickly, which I kind of liked his. Seeing, He's funny. Uh, yeah. to say goodbye to uh to honey when when we think that she's um when we think that she's going to walk through the door um and and then we see our asshole guy kind of just walk by briefly also in the foreground in one scene but i mean yeah i i think despite the fact that uh a lot of the fourth season kind of to me was making the argument that the show should have possibly ended a season earlier. Um, the last two episodes, um, of course the finale and the one before it, um, which sets up the finale, the, the main kind of crux of the finale. Um, I thought were both so good. Um, and yeah. so the second to last episode uh, is is our characters getting to the actual good place and finally even Michael um, who is worried that maybe he's going to you know explode or disintegrate or something like that uh, to be a demon in the in the good place um, and then they kind of find out that it's actually <laughs> uh, everyone kind of hates it after a while because there's yeah. nothing to challenge you and you just know that you're going to be in paradise forever. So this is um, set up with the idea that, that uh, Chidi finally gets to meet um, Hypatia of Alexandria um, and uh, an ancient philosopher that he um, admires greatly and is so excited to meet. And she's played by brilliantly by Lisa Kudrow. Yeah, she's so good. <laughs> So good. Um, wonderfully played by Lisa Kudrow. Um, and she plays a page of Alexandria who's like, call me Patty and <laughs> is wearing a Jaguars jersey <laughs> and um, is just constantly distracted by milkshakes and can kind of barely string that are coherent. Made out of, like stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like star, Starbucks. Stupid for millennia. Yeah. And like she can kind of barely string coherent sentences together she asked at one point is there math on my shirt <laughs> or is it an s <laughs> yeah yeah math. Um, that was so good like, oh. um and so you know the the uh and then also michael is in this episode basically deemed in charge of of the good the actual good place when the good like the committee um of people who are in charge of the good place kind of disbands and pieces out because they also see that um the uh they see that that like you know there's some fundamental problems with the good place and they kind of aren't they aren't equipped to uh sort of fix them uh and so our group of course then 
realizes that um, you'll enjoy paradise a lot more if, if you have the opportunity um, to eventually leave it. Uh, so they they ask Janet to create. <clears throat> um, I think they asked Janet to create. I forget. I think is I how think the, the door comes about. I think. I think or, it's the. Don't they have to ask? Like, oh, or maybe they ask the judge. I don't know. Yeah, it might be the judge. I don't remember. But um, anyway, the a passageway is created where if you when you decide that you've kind of done everything you want to do in heaven um you can go through the passageway this this door in the forest and um and then you will just uh turn to dust turn to dust and become part of uh the universe and you will no longer exist and uh you know this is a pretty brilliant setup for the finale um where we find out now that like um, several Jeremy Baramies, um, <laughs> in the parlance, uh, and narrative structure of the good place have, have elapsed maybe a couple of millennia. Um, and I love everyone's kind of conclusion to their character. Yeah. Um, uh, cheaty you know, kind of does, sees everything. He reads every book on the face of the earth, including the Da Vinci Code. Um, and uh, I actually felt like Tahani's plotline had the most, to me, actually maybe, I mean, Chidi's was the most emotionally devastating. Right, right. But Tahani's, to me, was really beautiful. It was pretty rewarding, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tahani. Eleanor's too, if you think about it. The fact that I she... Mean, yeah, I was a little divided on Eleanor's At first I was kind of like, ending. oh, this is so sad that she had no... She didn't make this choice on Because Chidi goes and then, and then, and and then Eleanor like, decides not left. to go. Yeah, yeah, and I was kind of like, oh, well, wait, was her whole happiness just based on Chidi? And then I was like, well, isn't that the antithesis of what made her problematic in her life was that she only thought about herself and she was a uniquely selfish person and she didn't believe that she could love anybody and that she was afraid to do that. And here she did. Um, yeah. But and then she kind of feels like she, uh, she, she goes to get Mindy out of the medium place uh, and convinces Mindy that she should try. Yeah. And I think that's kind of Get into nice. the good place. Yeah, I was a little bit like, you know, I didn't think at first I was kind of like, mm, let Mindy do her own thing. But I I think that you're right. Like her last, um, she, I think that she, right. I mean, she, see, she, Eleanor talks about how she sees a lot of herself in, in Mindy and she kind of wants to help Mindy achieve yeah. the same inner peace that she has. So that's like her to. doing something for someone else. But yeah. And Tahani, you know, winds up devoting her afterlife to um, meaningful personal projects. Uh, <laughs> they're so funny. They're really funny. She's like a list. She's a bucket list of everything that she wants to accomplish, including like being a master woodworker and um, fixing the Jesus fresco that lady messed up, <laughs> as it says <laughs> so 
on her list. So she like um, paves the driveway on her own or something. And paving a, and paving the driveway. Yeah. No. <laughs> that is also on there and she, you know, wants to be able to do th- meaningful things that are not just being really good at party planning. But then her parents, you know, wind up getting into the good place and um and her sister and they make up and you know after they apologize for treating both her and her sister really poorly on earth and and then that kind of gives her this added you know she's really done everything she's achieved everything um that she's really going to achieve in the good place but then but then she becomes a good place architect yeah and she wears that bow tie it's so cute it's so cute and she like designs um she's gonna help design other people's um other people's afterlives and, yeah. and and Jason um finds his actual Jianyu Zen. Uh <laughs> I just it was really beautiful. Um I was gonna get your take though on Michael's ending. I as liked well. it. Um I thought the montage they did of how he was living was really touching. Um so Michael goes down to earth yeah. and becomes human is his yeah. desire. Um, um, I just, I thought it was nice that, um, you know, they were, they gave, it was about this mundane stuff that you, knowing Michael, um, know that he really, really loved. Um, his favorite things about humans were just the stupidest things. So I thought that was really <laughs> touching. And then something as simple as the guy at the end who, so when the Eleanor Stardust lands on this random stranger who accidentally gets Michael's mail and throws it in the trash and then thinks better of it because of the Stardust, I guess. He he picks it up and then takes it all the way back to Michael's apartment and Michael's just so thrilled by it. And it's such a small gesture, but you realize that the reason... Michael loved those seemingly mundane things about humans was because they could contain so much. And it's almost like Michael knew that the reason this guy brought him his um, rewards card for the grocery store or whatever it was, was because Eleanor had somehow had an effect. And I thought that was just so touching and moving. I thought that was so wonderful. Yeah. It's like, oh, I... does, did Michael like all the, you know, one of, I remember one of his favorite things about humans is when they, they are walking into each other and they both go to the same side back and forth. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? like there's something poetic in that, that he sees that we don't. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think that Michael is, you know, he, after, you know, spending a million lifetimes um, as, as a demon, you know, spending an eternity as a demon and knowing like, you know, there's no, there were no, um, you know, I think part of the reason he enjoyed the whole, crafting the whole bad place good place afterlife was you know it had like this element of um this unstable element where he wasn't really sure it was going to happen you know and like Mm -hmm. i think and it seems like that's the other reason you know he wants to when he when he says he wants to be a human and go down to earth and live out his life there janet kind of points out that um you know we don't know what's going to happen without him running the good place um and maybe it ceases to exist or you know maybe he never gets back there maybe he does and he's like 
that's part of why I, I want to do this. He wants that like, uncertainty that's, too. Yeah. Right. That's like the most human thing there is. He wants is you something don't to make know. it precious. Yeah. Yeah. You, and yeah. you have a, right. There's like an actual life to, yeah, that's going to end and you don't know how or when. So you have to appreciate it um while you while you have it i was kind of my my only qualm with this plot line was i felt it see i mean i guess you couldn't totally tell whether it seems like they're implying that michael is going to remember uh his you know remember every everything from i wasn't sure about that they don't make it totally clear. I mean, Janet is, you know, like giving him advice right before he goes. And like she kind of tells him that he's going to be set up with um, money, although uh, only enough not to make him an entitled jerk. Um, and and then it kind of and then he's also like just his, you know, same like 72 year old self or whatever. I kind of thought it would have been more interesting if he I thought when they kind of set this up, it was going to be he like was born as a baby and then we sort of speed through his life and like yeah no, it's actually like, I guess he just immediately it. is 65 yeah i mean i thought it does would he kinda... have memories i don't know it's, it's not clear. yeah it's not clear i kind of yeah i wish that it was giving him a totally blank slate to me that would have been a little bit more affecting yeah. maybe but i don't know um but i think I... that's also another aspect they they do they do kind of rush things on the show and um, yeah, and the and the finale limited. was already like an hour long, so it you know yeah, but I mean I'm not that, shouldn't have been an hour. Finale and a half. <laughs> could have been well, not like it should have been an hour and a half, but it could have been a few episodes. Yeah, you yeah, you it could have been the sense of them having been bored with paradise and making the hard choices. I just feel like it was um, not maybe a little rushed. I don't know. It just always seems like it was in a rush to get to the next uh, bit. Yeah, there's always a lot of plot um, on on the good place, and sometimes it could be a little like, bit hard to like keep track of everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I will, you know, I don't. I really think it would have been hard to top top themselves with this finale. They really did all of the characters yeah, justice. Yeah. I and think. it's still and, what a wonderful show! Like so inventive and and kind. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And uh, it gave us um, the gift of Manny Jacinto. Oh, so did he better be. I better be seeing Manny Jacinto. What is he going all to over do the next? place? I need to know. Yeah. I know. I mean, I feel like Jamila Jamil has like been the one who really has, uh, you know, kind yeah. of <laughs> taken most of the spotlight um from the stars of the show and she is i think a very talented comedic actress uh but i really am gonna need to see more of many Jacinto and uh and um also william jackson harper who you know still really the only other thing i've seen him in so far is midsummer so yeah yeah yeah. um i i also think he's like very he's also very talented so i'm like glad we really some like you know there were some very familiar faces on this show with Kristen Bell and Ted Danson, um, and that was I, they totally needed that I think to uh, kind of grab your attention and and ground you I think with some actors that you knew really well but then really I mean yeah the other actors that they um, and of course Darcy Carton 
uh, is insanely talented. Yeah, so. yeah. Anyway, we'll see more certainly well. not the last. Yeah, that we'll see of these folks. Um, a tribute. Pour one out. Pour one out for the good plays. Ugh. Or just rewatch it. Um, I think the last thing we were going to talk maybe briefly about was we've been watching, um, you know, I, I think that every, now every season, there needs to be a creepy um, HBO drama. Every, every, I guess, do you mean like every season of the year? Uh, yes. Okay. Sorry. Yes, I did mean uh, for every season there is an HBO drama. Yeah, um, and I guess they're not all creepy because Big Little Lies. Well, Big Little Lies is is pretty um, disturbing. Sharp Objects a lot of, was creepier. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yes, Sharp Objects, um, very creepy. Uh, Big Little Lies, not creepy, but like disturbing in some respects. Yeah. Um, and so the current, and then you have like your true detectives and and such, well, but. I don't um, watch that. Yeah, true. <laughs> Although I watched the first season and that was like, you know, that kind of was to me the in a, a, a the outsider type um type show, but so The Outsider has been uh airing on 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 HBO for the last couple of weeks, which is an Stephen King adaptation. Yeah, it's 5 episodes in. Um of 10, which is There's 10. Pretty okay. large. Yeah, so it's about halfway through now. Okay. It's pretty large order (laughs) yeah um i'm i'm enjoying it so far um i'm holding my judgment to the end because um historically i'll I'll like a vibe or an idea that stephen king has but i find they always fall flat um at the end Mm because there's this sense of building mystery that you're unraveling all these pieces and then it's, it's always like this weird ending that doesn't um doesn't feel uh, I don't know what what what's the word. It doesn't it doesn't feel like you're rewarding not, for me. Yeah, I you're guess. not fulfilled. Yeah, yeah, fulfilled. Yeah, I, I always I'm kind of like, oh, it was, oh, it was a monster. Okay, so <laughs> I'm kind of I I'm kind of wondering. You know, we're getting we're pretty far into the mystery where we feel like we have a lot of pieces of it at this point. You know what I mean? That you you're kind of getting the idea. We've of, got right? a lot of pieces, but we do not know what we know they that are. this is. <laughs> do not do know want, what the picture is. Do we want to spoil? Okay, spoiler well, alert. Think, because it's been yeah. on. It's been it's on, been on so. for over a month now. I mean, and the it's premise... it's not like a binge show. It's one a week. So um, yeah. we know at this point that it's a doppelganger that transmits its or can imitate people after it cuts them. It has something to do with blood, and it tran- You know, so we we've got a lot of the pieces. It's not totally. Yeah, and the show, I mean, if you're not familiar at all with the premise of the show, it's basically um, that horrible things are happening uh, to different groups of people, different families, really. Horrible crimes are, you know, committed or um, really, actually, it's like seems like it's usually one person in a family who commits a horrible crime. And then the fallout from that crime um, just sort of devastates the rest of well it devastates the family, family of the perpetrator but also the victim's family yeah um, so it's the kind idea of a, being that there is this monster is a, a grief eater of sorts that it once whatever it is causing claims someone you know whether it has some it has person a kill a child it then can keep coming back to that family um and wants to eat their grief and ends up taking them out too and it's 
horrifying and sad, but... Um, and also kind of in the sense that... Uh, extra horrifying in the sense that, you know, you have pretty normal people um, who have... And then uh, the way that this do- this uh, this monster kind of infiltrates a person that it as as Amanda said like scratches yeah. um is that there is right then a doppelganger of that person created I like that you said, as Amanda says <laughs> well like I you know it's that's that's a good way to, I, mean, I feel like that is literally what happens no no I mean just like... instead of saying as you said uh, yeah <laughs> as a, like, well that's true <laughs> In case you missed the co-hosts of the show <laughs> at the top as, of the hour. As my colleague Amanda said. <laughs> um, it then like creates a doppelganger and the doppelganger um, is a is a weird blank kind of version of the original person who then commits the horrific crime. So then you also have, um, you know, so you have uh, actually a... a an alibi for the actual person. I mean, that's how this show starts is that um, we have a character played by Jason Bateman who, um, the director who uh, who, uh, is also the yeah he directs the first couple episodes and he's an executive producer okay so he's not directing every episode no he only directed the first two um and and then he's the executive producer um, of the show that makes me feel better apparently it was him um he was the uh (laughs) driving force behind um he was like we must have cynthia cynthia arrivo um playing um, Cynthia Erivo plays a kind she of Holly. Holly, yeah, plays a private investigator who uh, is a weirdo and also knows um, she's a believer. She's kind of our Agent Mulder, maybe of this of this show. She's like <laughs> a believer in a you know paranormal explanations for things, um, and is you know she actually thinks that there is like an actual monster at work here. Um, but I mean, I th- I think something to me that was pretty interesting. They haven't really done anything with this idea, but I do think it touches on it. So of course you have, like I said, the there's a a character and then a, a character's doppelganger, and the effect that this obviously has is that you could have an alibi for the actual person, which is in Jason Bateman's character, he has like a rock solid alibi. Yeah. Um, at the time that this child is being killed, we there's a video of him in a completely different city um, at a conference. Um, and so it's like, you know, they know that he has to be, he couldn't have committed this crime, but like, how is that possible? Because people also swear also that they saw him. him. And there's also a video of him, yeah, that at the same time um, in in this other, totally other place where this child was murdered. So, um, but, and, and, you know, he gets a very high-powered lawyer to kind of, um, he's, he's essentially exonerated, you know, on a technical level, but of course the public now does not believe that, Think, thinks that this character is a is a child murderer um and but you know he gets out of the um legal implications seemingly um but then we contrast that with a different character the same thing happens to a different character this character is um is black and works as a um uh um like a nurse's like a, a nurse in a in a nursing home um mm-hmm. and 
I noticed like, you know, with him, same thing. He appears to have an alibi for the time frame in which uh, his crime was committed by his doppelganger, but he still winds up in jail. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, I, I kind of, I think it's interesting the show doesn't, um, it doesn't really expand on this idea at all. It's pretty subtle, but like you can see what the differences in these yeah, situations yeah. are. Um, and anyway, I mean, I think this show is really creepy. We have, so we're trying it to... It is creepy. There's a creepy child who has creepy. talks to a man and everyone assumes she's having a dream, but we know she's talking to the man. To a monster. And then, I mean, the central kind of character of the show is uh, the police chief of the town in Georgia where um, the initial crime involving Jason Bateman occurred. Uh, and he's hired this private investigator, um, <coughs> or I guess actually uh, the lawyer that he's working with is has hired this private investigator played by Cynthia Erivo to kind of try and figure out. Um, they're like, you know, she's unconventional, but, you know, we just <laughs> got to see where it takes us. Um so we know that there is a monster. I mean, I don't know. It's, I will say, yeah, it's, it moves slowly. <laughs> it, it, it is a bit slow. Um, and I think it could dwell in some of the scary things for longer. Um, mm-hmm. I think it thinks it's establishing scariness by its mood much more than it actually is. You know, mm-hmm. like I think it I thinks that you. its slow paced, creepy <clears throat> mood is. Accounting for, for lack of yeah. things happening, and it's not not quite. I, I want the there needs a little more there there, but by and large, um, I am curious to see where it goes, and I will keep watching. Yeah, same. It's um, it seems like I mean, there's five episodes left, which seems like a lot to me, <laughs> honestly. Uh, I know that's what I mean. Like, I feel like we've learned a lot. Um, it feels like right. there'll just be like two left, but. Um, we have a lot of puzzle pieces and they don't so far present any kind of real picture, but all of the individual pieces are pretty, um, pretty interesting. Uh, and, and I mean, you know, I think if you're in the mood for a super, uh, dark, (laughs) uh, moody, paranormal mystery and I think you know you sarah be... and i usually are and we when are we not when um I'm... especially if it's on hbo yeah. um and you know i i think with uh, this is yeah but there's not a lot of um not a lot of levity to this show which no, apparently no, there they're... is a lot more of in the book it's not as dark yeah yeah um but it is a pretty relentlessly depressing show so you need to be okay with that but i'm pretty excited i i i'm like very wrapped up in it at this point i gotta say yeah, five yeah. episodes in. Yeah, I, need, I need to know how this plays out so we'll probably check in um maybe when it's in over. a month or so when it ends um, yeah i think so um what are you watching oh boy i guess i'm gonna keep watching avenue five i haven't even given any thought to what i'm watching next oh well um bojack i'm gonna bojack. watch bojack that's next yeah. on my list i was gonna say we uh, i i have actually i started the last few episodes um i think i've watched two of them but it's really the yeah, kind I haven't of thing even where i'm like yet. i well you know i'm this is this is it for bojack oh and my God, are uh, you crying are you I, crying 
I mean, it's like I'm <laughs> desperate to see what happens, but I also am like, but maybe I just never watch it. <laughs> and just then it'll never take be a over. page out of the Amanda playbook. <laughs> yeah. Just to not finish shows. Just to not finish it. But this would be like a very deliberate, like, no, then it can never end. Yeah, yeah, that's I, a different, yeah, very different. Yeah, if yeah. I don't watch it. So I'm kind of dreading it. Yeah. But also, I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I we can talk about it next time then, because I'm definitely going to watch all of it. So. Yeah. Um, and if you don't watch it, I'll just spoil it for you. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, yeah. What are and you then. Not watching? Well, so this is kind <laughs> of like a. I don't know. I, I saw the first episode, but not because I thought it would be good. I want to be clear that this is not the kind of trash I like. Um, mm-hmm. There's this, this show. This is bad trash. This is bad. And I watched it with a bunch of friends just because it was, we were watching something else on Hulu and it came up and we're like, let's just make fun of it. Um, flirty dancing. And that's, you've already sold me. Do you know about this? No, but that title alone. Oh my God, Sarah, <laughs> you are not going to believe this. Okay. So it's, it's a, this is the American version of a show that apparently is maybe popular in the UK. Um, The premise is it's a reality show. It's a dating show. And they have one person. um, This is, this is how the American version goes. They have one person who's been, you know, maybe unlucky in love. And they find two other people that have been unlucky in love, potential partners for this first person. And they learn a dance without having met this other person, okay? okay? So they teach, they have choreographer, and they come in, and that choreographer teaches the guy, in both cases in this first episode, it was um, uh, a man and a woman. Um, but I saw in the British version, one of the clips we watched was of a gay couple, um, two men. So that was funny. Um, not because gay people are funny, but just because <laughs> it was fun to watch them do the exact same dances. But also, anyway, the American pilot episode was uh, a man and a woman. And they had the first half of the show was a man and then they had two women and they learn the other half of the dance. I, this is such a simple concept and I'm having the hardest time explaining it <laughs> because I'm like caught up on like all my gender um, words and stuff. Anyway. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. They learn a dance, and then when they meet, they have to perform the dance for the first time. Okay. And that's it. And so the the main contestant or whatever, they're going to do two dances, different dances, with these two different people. And they are not allowed to speak. They do not talk to the other person. Once the dance has ended, they walk away. And then they have to, based on the two different dances they did with these two different... uh, potential suitors they have to pick one of them and that's the show <laughs> i and this is, that, is a was not that clear watching? enough i cannot believe that took me like what was that like seven minutes to explain <laughs> um it was this is a that. not this is a not watching of the <laughs> highest order um, what it is what so platform or channel was this on it was on hulu i think i don't know it's some maybe cbs ABC. It seems like an, I don't know, um, box. <laughs> I'm just going to name a bunch of networks, but yeah. um, the host was <laughs> Jenna Max, Dewan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Jenna Dewan is just... Uh, Jenna I Dewan, think, uh, Channon Tatum's um, ex-wife. Yeah. Who, and they had met, she's in Step Up. Yeah. Um, they, 
the show is so earnest, it is painful. I feel like the UK one was a bit cheeky, um, which is why I'd said that that one dance was funny because they're like around going in a museum and jumping off of benches and stuff. And it was kind of funny. Um, and like the two men were both just like, that was so exhilarating. Anyway, that was, <laughs> that was fun. But this one is so self-serious. And Jenna Dewan is walking around in like five inch stiletto heels while like seven or eight months pregnant and is talking about, you know, what this person, you know, they, they've just had a rough go of it. And that dance was so beautiful. It's just like, not, this is so stupid, but they're all taking it so seriously. Um, and since the, the contestants have to have something to overcome, you know, the, mm-hmm. the female contestant in the American pilot was her, her hardship was that she uh, has a high voice and she talks like this and she's been misjudged her whole life, which is a very real thing, right? People voice policing women. Mm-hmm. But this became like the reason that she couldn't find love um, and her biggest struggle in life. And I don't doubt that it was serious for her, but the way the show was talking about it, it was like, are, are you making it worse? by talking so much about this poor woman's voice. And then you find out that she's 21. (laughs) Anyway, don't watch the show. (laughs) I love that you just spent, you know, yeah, now at this point, eight eight minutes telling us why we shouldn't watch this. Well, it's because usually we haven't actually watched an episode of one of our not watching shows. That's true. And I actually watched an episode and it was like, we couldn't believe we had finished it, but it's not good. So don't no, watch it. That sounds terrible. If you um, want, if you want a reality show, just watch Bravo's Below Deck. <coughs> yep, but, you know, and I, I think I mentioned this before, but right now I actually feel like I've heard like several people mention um, Below Deck. It's actually mentioned as a because it's um, so good. Uh, the character three. The uh, thruple on um, the good on the the good wife. Wow. The good wife. Wow. I don't, I don't know. You're the watching the thruple that on still. the good wife. Um, on the L word, um, really loves below deck Mediterranean. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, they get mad at each other when two of them, the members of the thruple, two members of the thruple, watch the show without the third member. Um, and it made me think <laughs> of you. <laughs> it oh. made me think of you and your thruples uh, love of. <laughs> yeah, we are, we're all watching Below mm-hmm. Deck all the time together. So um, flirty dancing is a no. <laughs> it's a no from me, dog. A name though is like it's so funny. good. You know, some, I watched some. I watched it twenty-five minutes. Well, and then some not genius, i.e., me, watched <laughs> a good twenty-five minutes of it, and then when it came back from the commercial break, suddenly realized. It was a play on Dirty Dancing. Yes. It was like the clouds <laughs> opened up. I was like, oh my God, I get it. So, uh, yeah. It's good. Yeah. So, right. And bad. And yet I was not, I was too good for this show. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well. There was a lot. We covered else? a lot here. No, we covered I, well, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, we, we did. Um, yeah. It'd been a while, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, she said defensively. <laughs> we watched it's a lot been of TV. A while, okay? okay. Yeah. No. no, that's what we're here for. All right, that's what we're paid to do. 
Yeah, just to guide you. Where those ad dollars are going. Yeah, exactly. Watch (laughs) Heart of Dixie, don't watch Flirty Dancing. Maybe don't watch the second season of Shrill, but watch Outsider. Don't watch The Outsider. You know, that's what we're here for. Yeah, and maybe watch Avenue 5, we'll see. Maybe watch Avenue 5. Also, there's a little show called The Good Place that you might have heard of. Yeah, catch up on it. It's on Hulu. All right, get with it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Yeah. read a book. (laughs) No, don't. Um, <laughs> just watch TV. What are you telling Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. That's it for us, I think. All right. Bye, Amanda. Bye. Have fun in Hawaii. Thank you. Good night.